This is Anchors, Freaks, and Dreams. I'm your host, Matt Purdue. Welcome back, guys. This is the Anchors, Freaks, and Dreams podcast where we discuss all things change. We are in a series currently talking about how to enjoy the process. And the obviously, we're talking about the process of change. Sometimes change is simple and sometimes it's a journey. And sometimes it um, is just the next chapter and it's a complete change. And it goes from a process of change to just a lifestyle. And this is how you, this is how you do things. And usually in the process of change, there's just a lot of extra energy that you're putting out and you're in a state of discomfort or non-comfort, maybe we could put it that way. And that's why it's difficult. And sometimes you want to enjoy the process because you're trying to make it more efficient. And sometimes you're trying to make it less painful. Both are some level of discomfort. We talked the first one about how to enjoy the process from the perspective of somebody who actually likes the stuff, the action steps in the process. You like healthy food. You don't necessarily crave junk food. You like to exercise. You like to push yourself. There's maybe multiple things about going to the gym or exercising that you find um, rewarding. And now we're talking about how to enjoy the process from the perspective of somebody who just doesn't like healthy food, thinks it's bland, thinks it's boring, thinks it doesn't taste good. They don't like exercise. They don't like to sweat. How can you integrate these things into your life that are are needed for you to reach your goal or to avoid your calamity, let's say? Well, the perspectives are certainly going to be different because I can talk up more of a let's look at it this way to somebody who may not be enjoying the process, but you like the stuff. But if you don't actually like the stuff, then we got to kind of get a little more nitty gritty about it. And I wanted to first, you know, I already said this, but I want to preface the whole thing with, if you like healthy stuff, that doesn't make you a more healthy person from the root. And if you don't like doing healthy stuff, that doesn't make you a labeled unhealthy person. It just simply means that you probably have a, a grouping or a complexity of personality traits. And this is inherited, right? It's genetic. It's your nature. And your personality just leans you towards different ways of processing, levels of energy, ideas, and concepts that you find compelling. Like here's a, Let me do this. This is, comes from the Myers-Briggs personality profile test. And I remember this question from when I was like 17 years old and I took it. And it went like this, what is worse to you, injustice or mercilessness? That froze me because I'm like, what are you talking about? They're both equally terrible. Well, that's the point. Yeah, they're both bad, but what compels you? Is injustice the thing that you find reprehensible or is mercilessness even worse. 
What about this one? What is better to you, freedom or satisfaction? Well, both are good. Both are ideals, I suppose you could say. Probably depends on how you look at it. And how you look at it is somewhat genetically determined. And that's why sometimes people are just more sensitive to certain things, more sensitive to certain stimulus. And it's not just thought patterns. It's actually physical pressures and tensions, sights and sounds, sensational things. And what we hear, what we smell, what we taste, what we see. Some things are more repulsive to to people than other things. You know, if you saw an oozing wound, would would you barf? Or would you not think twice about it? Let's say you let's say this. You were you went to New York City and you got on a subway and then people started pressing in around you. Now, would the fact that they're getting up in your personal space, would that bother you? What if um, some of them had BO? What if it was a, a complexity of BO? What if these people um, were of another ethnicity? Um, what if they were they were not clean? What if they were homeless and they had stuff growing on them? How how just uncomfortable would that make you? Now, obviously, as a t- touchy subjects this day and age, because the um, if you have a, a sense of disgust or repulsion for something, it can easily get quantified into some form of bigotry or, or racism. But uh, a disgust is actually a, a personality trait, and there's function to it. And some people are just more sensitive to it than others. And that would be, yeah, if you've got an oozing wound, don't touch it. The thing's infected. You may get a disease. That makes sense. Even in the Bible, they said, if you have a running sore, you've got to go, you've got to isolate yourself from the rest of the public. You can't go out into a public place. There was a practical purpose to that. So I'm talking about the sensitivities that certain people have towards certain things. And like, for example, I could think an idea is nice. Like I can think, oh man, I just you know want everybody to get along and I want people to go out and help the less fortunate go out to the streets and the byways and to the third world countries and, and help the poor and the sick. But would I want to do it? Would I want to go to an infirmary where everybody's got a disease and wait on them? The idea sounds great and I honor those that do it, but I don't know that I would. Or I don't know that I would want to go out into the alleys where things are scary and try to help people. And then they didn't even ask for my help. Would I be compelled by their need? Or would I be like, they can help themselves? Because that's ridiculous for me to go out and try and help somebody that may stick me with a needle. Right? I don't know. There's two, There's a lot of dangers. There's a lot of sensitivities that I may have. So the idea may sound nice. Wingsuiting off of a cliff in a fjord in Norway. That's awesome. I'd watch a documentary in a heartbeat on it. I would never strap up a wingsuit, jump off a cliff. I'd never base jump. I don't want to go to Mars. I don't want to sit in a, in some kind of spacecraft for months out in deep space. I don't want to get in a submarine and go down to the Mariana trench. 
Challenger Deep can be somebody else's gig. I watch a documentary on it. Free Solo. What a movie. If you haven't seen Free Solo, watch it. And it talks about this, I can't remember, Alex somebody, and he climbed El Capitan, which is one of the most famous cliff faces in the world. And it's like a mile vertically. He climbed it without any tethers, without any ropes. It was a free solo. It's one of the scariest things I can think of. I watched the heck out of that documentary or that movie, but I'm not even remotely interested in doing it. So I can be interested in a concept or an idea or an action, but my sensitivities uh, push me away from it or they repel me. And so if I have a, a sensitivity to certain sensations, tensions and pre pressures, then I, that's genetically determined. And so that's why some people are drawn towards activities that are rough and tumble. You know, you can tell at like two, between two and four years old, how sensitive a kid is to tensions and pressures. The ones that aren't, they're like puppies. They're jumping on top of other kids and they're either bullying or they're wrestling or they're tug, tug of warring. They're trying to play, you know, King of the Hill. They want, they, you know, they just, they like the physical contact. And other kids are over in the corner playing with blocks. They're like, leave me alone. And this isn't just ch children. This is adults too. And so I just wanted to preface just because you find foods unappetizing. It doesn't mean that you're broken. It just means that that's the, that you, you could be sensitive to alkaline flavors. And you just had a, you grew up in a home where you never were fed vegetables. And so they're just unappetizing to you. And that's going to play into when we get to into dreams for people that to enjoy the process. So I, I went from the point of view of, well, we need to create as much clarity as possible. So when we talked about anchors, we said that having simple anchors is the most important thing because 90% of the battle is showing up. And, and I use the example of hydrodynamics. We call it um, hull speed or hull length, hull, H-U-L-L, -L, the hull of a ship. And it's the, the width of the hull which creates the drag. But the length of the hull is, is inconsequential. So you could have a tugboat that's 15 feet wide and 20 feet long, and then a yacht that's 15 feet wide and 120 feet long, and they create the same amount of drag. So that example is that the, the main stress in making a lifestyle change or going through a process is just having it on your schedule and knowing that you got to go do it and then showing up. What you, what you do when you actually get there is not near as important. It's not that you want to show up and not have a plan. You, you want a plan, but I'm saying the plan doesn't matter. Just have something there. It can be super easy, but you're showing up and you're going getting through that drag and you're realizing that this doesn't have to own me. When we went into freaks, and this is the reward center of the brain that we're trying to stimulate. Because I use the example of, you know, if you're used to a Sunday or you're used to Doritos and cheese, then there's a sense of expectation. And if you don't, if you don't fulfill the expectation, then there's this almost sense of um, treachery. And, and it's not, it's no small discomfort. It's very stress, stress producing. And I use the extreme example of a, of a child that gets promised a hot fudge sundae 
if they do something and they do it and then they don't get it and how it becomes a meltdown emotionally for this child. It's righteous indignation almost, but you can sabotage that emotion if you give the promise of an even greater reward, but it's gotta be a reward is compelling because look, Doritos and cheese are pretty compelling if your palate and your appetite and your emotions are used to it. So if you're going to create a goal, don't create a goal that doesn't stimulate your emotions, that doesn't excite you, or as I like to say, doesn't take your daydreams for a ride. Because if I'm compelled by something, if something is fascinating to me, then when I start daydreaming, I'll just get drawn into it like a vortex and I'll go for a ride and I'll just have this creative daydream about something that's fascinating to me. And you need to find something that is that. Now, fair enough. If there is nothing, no Disney World out there for you, then that's that's fine. You know, you manage it. But I'm giving the opportunity to make the process more enjoyable and, uh, you know, just without a doubt, make it more enjoyable. All right. Now we're talking about dreams. And this is what I didn't go over at all. In the last episode, we talked about, you know, the dream dreams for people that enjoy this stuff all the healthy stuff, right? Well, the purpose of the dreams is to understand how you, by simply doing what you enjoy, is making the world a better and more healthy place. Those are concepts and ideas, your your ideology or ideology, if you're intellectual, that are very important to you. And so you being healthy is important to you. The world being healthy is important to you. And what you understand is that by you just being you, by you fulfilling these actions that you already enjoy, that you're pulling the world into this healthy place. You are practically revealing the sons and daughters of God. And by so doing, you are setting nature free from its own captivity, bringing it into its destiny. Now, that sounds crazy, uh, highfalutin, but literally that's what you're doing. Even if you don't believe in God, that's what you're doing. You're, you're stepping into a meta-narrative, something that is transcendent, something that is greater than yourself, something that is what you call universal, and you're leading this universal life into something that's greater just by you simply being you. And, and that works in all kinds of different forms and fashions. And, but it's true. And if you can understand that, then the process will be much more enjoyable. Now, we've got somebody who doesn't. You don't have an ideology that being healthy is so awesome and that your purpose in life is to, you know, make the world more beautiful or healthy. That's kind of corny to you. Maybe you feel like that your purpose in life is to ease the suffering of the world. Well, that's powerful too. And so the thing is, is that you don't try and force yourself to think like somebody that you don't think like. But what you have to understand, and this goes back to the my preface in the beginning, just because your nature lends you towards certain things and repulses you from certain other things, doesn't mean that your nature is bound to like or dislike any one given thing. So I use the example of me getting in a submarine or free soloing a cliff. I would never do that. But 
here's the thing that also spills over into other things that are actually safe, like roller coasters, maybe even bungee jumping. You know, jumping in, you know, in off a high dive. And this is the point I'm trying to make. And you see this in kids all the time because kids can be compelled or forced, let's say, or to do things where they're maybe, say, a little more adventurous. Or they just got ants in their pants and they'll go out and do something because they got to do something. But as adults, we tend to be less energetic and more conservative, less risk taking much more risk averse. And I'm trying to say that maybe that's not such a great thing. And I'll use the example of, I would never climb a cliff without a tether. But when I was a kid, I was dreadfully frightened of roller coasters. I think I got on one, my uncle convinced me when I was really young, and I thought it was going to be like a, a little simple hill thing where your stomach drops like you're on a road and you hit a little bump and you, Oh, you know, I thought it was going to be that this thing was called like the dreadnought or something like that. <laughs> and it, and it had this huge drop. And in, in, in retrospect, it wasn't that big of a roller coaster, but I wasn't expecting it. And my stomach dropped and I felt like this mortal fear. And I remember screaming out when I was going down the, the drop, I'm never doing this again. And my uncle was crying laughing. And and even my my cousin, who's my age, he he was in the same fright that I was, but he saw me, you know, making an embarrassing fool of myself. I'm never doing this again. And and then by the end, he was laughing because, you know, his dad was laughing at me. And anyway, I, I didn't cry. I was too old to cry. But I was literally saying, I hate roller coasters. And that stuck with me for years. Well, okay, now I am, I think I am 13 or 14 years old, and I still haven't ridden a roller coaster since I was seven or eight. And I'm at Carowinds, this place in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's like a theme park. And there was, uh, what was it? There was all these roller coasters and I knew my cousin was going to want to ride those because he was three years older than me. So he's like 16 years old. And so, yeah, he's going to ride the biggest, baddest roller coasters they have. And I'm already petrified when we're going, cause I know this is, it's waiting me. And if I don't ride these roller coasters with him, then he is going to give me the business. He'll, I, he, his favorite thing when we were teenagers was to call me a, a candy ass or a candy lick and or call anybody that and i would do it with him like if we were talking about somebody else i'd be like that candy lick and then sometimes we said that lick you know we'd break it down to make fun of people well like he was my hero he was a football player he was all stay he 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 was he was built he was good looking he was very social the women loved him and i like just wanted to be around him so i was like i i can't just i can't be a candy lick i've got to ride these roller coasters so I got on the, what was called a Frenzoid. I don't know if it still exists, but it was like the pirate ship, you know, that goes rocks back and forth. But this thing rocked. It went completely inverted. And everybody, you know, screaming, keys were falling out of people's pockets. And they're just, you know, all that sort of thing. And I thought that was the scariest possible roller coaster or ride that you could do. 
but I wasn't going to let on that I was petrified. And so I got on there with my cousin. And he was so excited. He's like, this is awesome. This is a friendzoid. And he was talking about the commercials. And I was like, this is awesome. And I thought, what can I do? Can I hypnotize myself? Can I, can I knock myself out before we get on there? I, w- I was thinking, could I bang my head against something really hard? And I would knock me out. And then I would wake up and it, after it was all over. And I would realize that I, I wasn't dead. No, it didn't happen. Those things are super cushioned. So I wrote the Fenzoid. I'll, I'll run the story along. I think you probably know where it's going. And I didn't actually enjoy it, but I remember being inverted and, and my cousin yelling at the people on the ground. And I and somehow or another, I just started yelling at the people on the ground. I'm like, I'll fake it too. So I was just like, yeah, oh, we're going to fall out. Watch out. You know, we were like yelling at the people on the ground. And when it got over, I realized that I wasn't frightened anymore. And I think we wrote it again right away. And and then I ended up writing, writing Thunder Road, White Lightning, Carolina Cyclone, all the little corkscrews and flips and twists. I wrote them all and I loved them. I had lost my fear of the roller coaster. So if I'm saying dreams for the person that loves healthy stuff is to see how what you doing, your action fits into the big picture in making the world a better place. Well, my purpose for the dreams for somebody who doesn't is not for you to see how you're bringing about a bigger purpose, but for um, for you to understand that the purpose is to set you free, to liberate you not nature, deliberate you. Because your identity is like what you were born with. But your mindset is what you're trapped in. If I don't like a food as a kid, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to like it as an adult, but it feels that way when I'm a kid. What if we just kind of grow up in certain areas of our life and we liberate a mindset and our true identity can come out and really express itself? Maybe I would like classical music if I sat down long enough and listened to somebody who actually knew what they were doing and they could explain the nuances of classical music and all the instruments. And this is what they sound like alone, but this is how they sound like together. And this is what harmony is. I could be fascinated with that. But I would say, oh, it all sounds the same. It's like country music. It all sounds the same. Well, people who like country music, there's something about the theme of country music that they love. It's the attitude. It's the the spirit. It's that kind of authentic freedom that they love. And if you if you can't if you can't capture that, then you're gonna be just like, oh, it's just a bunch of twang. So it is a bunch of twang. It's a bunch of trucks and lakes and beer and booze and and girls. (laughs) That's all it is. Country music, all stupid. Redneck sounds the same. But you just, you never had that experience. And you don't have a palate for it. You have a mindset that you're trapped within. You might actually like country music. Same thing is true in the gym. Same thing is true with healthy food. I've experienced it myself. When I was a kid, I never liked vegetables unless they were in my cheese. 
I just, I, I would, I, or, or I, my, my grandmother can make, I remember she made like uh, lima beans or butter beans, but she would literally put fat back salt and sugar in the beans. And, and I was like, it was bearable then. But when I got older and I'm like, you know what? I actually don't, I, I want to, I had, I had a lot of vanity. I wanted to be lean. And so I'm like, well, I got to eat vegetables. So I just forced myself to eat some vegetables. And after a while they did stop tasting repulsive. I, my palate wasn't open to it. I'd never experienced it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and wrap this up because I only had one point to make. And that is when you're looking from a perspective of somebody who comes in without the given nurture and nature to be inclined to want to do something, you actually find it repulsive. Then you have to be really clear with your anchors. Hey, man, just show up. This is going to keep this simple. It's very efficient. And then you have to have something that you can get viscerally excited about. What's your Disney world? And the, the truth is, is that when it comes to health and fitness and function capacity, our, our aesthetic, uh, you know, our attractiveness, those are all super important to us. And you can't not make them important. You can put them in perspective, but you can't make them not important. And so there's something in there. There's something, even if it's as big as I want to be at my child's graduation, I don't want to die early. That's, that's super important. And it can be, I, I want to be able to go to the beach with my friends and, and, and actually go out and play volleyball or play in the ocean and feel comfortable about it. Those are big deals. So you got to have a dream that's drawing you towards it. And then, uh, well, I'm sorry, you got to have a reward that's drawing to her. And the dream is, is that um, in the picture that's bigger than me, I need to set something free because as long as I think that my identity hates this, that I'm not this type of person that I'm, that I'm, I'm a, I'm just a good old boy and I don't go to no gym. As long as you're trapped in that mindset, then you're, you're kind of limiting your options and limiting your potential enjoyment. I never thought, I always said, I hate running. It's boring. Um, it's painful. And it just goes on and on and on. It's monotonous, right? Well, during this whole COVID lockdown, and we really couldn't access a lot of uh, exercise stuff and group stuff that was doing, well, the the group that I worked out with in the gym started running, and I just went along with them. And pretty soon, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that I could, I could function at running, and it wouldn't be a complete hate fest. I didn't know. I had a mindset and it was trapped in some old legacy that's no longer functional. It doesn't have to be. And it sounds, it sounds somewhat corny if you're, or if you're a cynic, but if you can set your inner child free, then you can be happy. That's just, that's going to be the, the, the phrase of the day. If you can set your inner child free, then it'll be happy. Your inner child just has not had the right experience yet. And that's what we're looking to do. You don't, you may not have that experience right away, but at least you can understand that I can, I can actually enjoy watching soccer at some point in my future. That it's not boring just because they're not scoring all the time. And if I can understand the nuances and the skills and the expertise of 
those men and women out on the pitch, then I can see what all the other, you know, people in Europe and the rest of the world go crazy over. And I could actually enjoy it too. All right, guys, thanks for joining me on this Anchors, Freaks, and Dreams. Uh, your feedback on this one would be great as well. And um, if you have any more requests, I'm definitely open to requests. I've already got, you know, the next couple um, set aside. But if somebody actually has a question or wants me to address something else, that would be great. Or if you want me to go into more detail with enjoying the process, honestly, it's always going to be about enjoying the process because it's all about change and staying with change and enjoying it is super important. Um, but I hope you enjoyed this one. And this has been Anchors, Freaks, and Dreams. I will catch you on the next one.